Are you ready to view Ireland from something other than a motorized vehicle? Then you definitely want to listen to this podcast as we talk about kayaking along the River Shannon. Hi, and thanks so much for joining me today on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. I am really excited to introduce you to Mike Jones. He is the owner and head guide of My Next Adventure. Hi, Mike. How are you today? Good, Jody. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. So can you explain to people what My Next Adventure is and what they can expect? So My Next Adventure is a company I set up in 2015 to offer guided kayaking tour experiences out of my hometown of Killaloo in County Clare, uh, and we take people on the River Shannon and on Loch Derg. And my girls and I had a chance to join you uh, this past summer, and I'll, I'll be honest, it was my first time in a kayak, and I was a little nervous, um, but you made it really easy. Um, it, it wasn't at all you know, intimidating, like I was kind of thinking it would be. Um, and it was a great experience overall for a novice like me. Do you find that you have a lot of people who have never uh, kayaked before that join you for your tours? Yeah, sure. A lot of, a lot of our clients uh, tend to have either kayaked maybe once before on a holiday or on a school trip or something, um, but wouldn't in any way regard themselves as proficient kayakers. So we specialize really in taking people um, at a very slow pace, in very comfortable, stable boats, um, so that they can really not worry about falling out of the boats or, or getting wet really at all, and they can actually enjoy the surroundings uh, a lot more in, in, in that way. And it's quite a sh- social trip as well, because we travel at such a, a slow, leisurely pace. People can chat and talk, and we can explain some of the local history and heritage and, and bird life and plant life and things like that. So really, it's, it's about making people putting people at ease and making them comfortable right from the right from the start as soon as they sit into the boats and that way they can enjoy the experience a whole lot more. And and it was a lot of fun. Um, we went so we went out you know tell tell me the route we took because I'm going to mess it up. Um, so tell me tell me kind of the route we took because I know we took like an old canal on the way back, right? Yeah, so we're we're quite lucky in Killaloo that we have a stretch of old canal which was completed in 1799 and it's now disused due to a hydroelectric power station downstream kind of raising the water level so but i won't give too much of history away <laughs> people have to come and come and get that themselves but exactly. essentially yeah we've got a piece of disused canal which stretches for uh, nearly two miles and that runs parallel to the river shannon so the route that we took would have taken in um some of the canal and then some of the river also and it allows us to uh to use the river to travel downstream and, and use the natural flow of the river. So, again, it, it takes the strain mm-hmm. off people and it, and it makes sure that the pace is, is, is nice and, and easy and it's not too stressful. People's arms don't get too tired. And then we're lucky that we can use the canal, which is quite still, to be able to paddle back up back upstream um, and we don't have to fight too much of a current. And it also gives us a chance to, to see the different aspects of the, the river and the, the waterway by seeing the wider, more powerful river and then also taking in uh, the old disused canal and some of the, the hidden wildlife and the hidden wilderness that we have in there. Right. With the, the older canal, um, you were, you know, there was a lot more tree cover, and I know we saw 
a number of birds and and just it was a really serene trip back along that canal. Yeah, sure. It's um, like I say, it, it's largely disused, so there's not much traffic on it, not much boat traffic on it. So we're pretty much the only people that use it um, in our kayaks, and that means that the, uh, the when we're traveling so slowly and so quietly, we can get quite close to to nature. And there's a pair of kingfishers, which are quite a, a beautiful bird and mm-hmm. quite rare to see. Um, but we can we can sneak up on them and regularly get views of them. And then there's a big grey heron as well lives in the in the canal. And depending on the time of year, you'll have maybe have some ducklings in the spring and some following the, the mommy duck around or some swans with their cygnets um, around the place as well. So we're quite lucky that we can get up close to all these uh, all the, the natural wildlife around the place. And then we did, uh, in between, you know, going out and coming back, we stopped on a, a small island and, and you made us tea, <laughs> which was really nice. Yeah, that's that's kind of one of the key parts of our trips. Again, in in, in, a way, in an effort to kind of keep it as as uh, as easy and as less stressful on people's bodies as possible, because like we say, a lot of people haven't kayaked before, so it's a, it's quite daunting to think you're going to go kayaking for a two or two and a half hour trip. But in fact, we we stop off at a halfway point and we carry with us a, a thing called a Kelly kettle, which is a, a kind of a, an old fashioned backwoods way of of cooking and and uh, heating hot water. So we can heat up some hot water and we can make some coffees and some hot chocolates, and then we also accompany that with some homemade cookies to uh, refuel the bodies and make sure the energy levels are, are high enough to be able to uh, get us back up along the canal and back to our start point again. Well, and I, I loved that, you know, when we stopped and, you know, you, you really put the girls to work, you know, helping you carry things and then um, finding sticks and, and helping you with the preparation. I, I think that they probably did eat you out of cookies. Um, <laughs> they were quite tasty. But it was, I mean, it was a really fun experience, especially, like I said, we had never kayaked before. Now, is that, you offer a family kayak tour. Is that is that kind of your family kayak tour that we did? Yeah, so that's that's pretty much the family trip that, that you guys would have done. So it's, like I say, it's about two to two and a half hours in duration. It's, it's designed for, for kids as young as two years of age. We've had little, little small kids that will be inside in the boat with, with the wow. parents or with another adult. And then once they get to, but depending on how big they're, about eight, eight between eight and ten years of age, we put them into either a, a bigger boat um, so that they have their own paddle, or we can put them by the time they get to ten or eleven years of age, they can actually get in a kayak on their own. Um, so that allows them that little bit more independence and freedom. Um, and we, um, yeah, we do a lot of that. We do a lot of the family trips, and it's you know for me it was something I was fortunate enough to grow up and and be a boy scout and. Okay. Uh, go out and light campfires and things like that, but it's not <laughs> something people get to do all that often anymore. So I like to be able to include the family, get the moms or dads or the kids collecting firewood and helping me light the fire, um, and make sure that we, uh, you know, we serve up everybody with their hot drinks and uh, enjoy the cookies. Then and the cookies are there to be eaten and be refused. So I'm always <laughs> happy when I see a, an empty cookie tin at the end. <laughs> now I know that when uh, when we were chatting, you were telling me that you were going to start doing multi-day kayaking tours. Have those begun? Yes, we did a couple of this year. Just as a as a pilot, we actually had uh, five American ladies over, and we uh, we put a bespoke trip together for them on on, on Loch Derg, um, which included actually an overnight in a castle, a local castle, which is on Airbnb. So we we partnered up with the castle, um, a family restored castle, and we um, they spent the night, the overnight there, and it actually happened that one of the girls it was her 18th birthday um, that night, so she got an extra special treat, got to be a princess for the night in her own castle for her 18th birthday. So. 
that was a nice trip. That's something we're hoping to be able to offer next year on a more regular basis. Um, and then we've also got a, a thing called the Lochderg Canoe Trail, so which will basically take up the whole lake and, and allow people to circumnavigate the lake in, in bite-sized chunks. Uh, and we'll be offering guided trips on some of those sections. Um, again, hopefully over at least one night and possibly two night trips for for this coming year. But there's potential to expand that up to week-long trips, taking in other parts of the River Shannon and, and the other lakes further up as well. So for people who are used to doing longer trips and are into kayaking holidays um, and maybe use some of the lakes and, and waterways in North America regularly for their holidays, it might be something that they'd consider coming to Ireland and exploring our waterways uh, by kayak. That's exciting because now the River Shannon, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not going to get this wrong, is the longest river in Europe. Am I correct on that? Not quite in Europe, in, in what we call the British Isles. In the so British Isles. In the UK okay. and Ireland, it's the, it's the okay. longest river. So in total, it's about 360 kilometers, which is well over 200 miles, mm-hmm. 250 mm-hmm. miles or something. Um, and it takes in two major lakes, Loch Derg being the biggest of them, which we're based on, um, and then another lake, Loch Ree. So the lakes alone allow allow a lot of opportunity for exploration. But if you were interested in doing you know, a descent of the River Shannon, that's something that we're hoping to be able to offer within the next couple of years as well. Oh, that would be amazing. Now, on these multi-day trips, I know you mentioned the castle, which I, I imagine that that was just an amazing overnight for those ladies. I can't even can't even wrap my head around it at the moment. But what what kind of lodging would you be looking at for you know these multi-day trips that you are are planning? We're planning to to offer a, a range of things, and I suppose some of it is to to allow us to access different places and some of it is to suit people's budgets. So we would hope to use local guest houses and bed and breakfasts in certain areas and, and possibly package that on some trips where people aren't maybe um, looking for a camping adventure mm-hmm. experience. But then also for people who are looking for that kind of authentic adventure where we go off into really wild parts of the lake and maybe camp on some of the islands, um, we'd, we'd also offer, offer that. So we, we'd look to mix it up, I suppose. Um, and like I say, it's not going to suit everybody to spend a few nights under canvas, um, <laughs> and, and Ireland doesn't always lend itself brilliantly to the multi-day kayaking trips. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something that we'll be we'll be mixing up, um, and then it also will suit people's budgets because clearly, if we're staying in, in tents, it'll, it'll allow us to offer it at a, at a lower price than if right. we're having to uh, use bed and breakfast and, and local guest houses and hotels and things like that. So that might suit people travelling. Um, you know, families might choose to do something in a hotel or. Um, whereas independent travellers and couples and things might look for more of a budget trip mm-hmm. um, to do something in, uh, in, in under canvas and intense. Fun. Now, do you term what you do um, adventure travel, or do you, you know, or is it more relaxed travel in your mind? Um, I would consider it to differentiate us, I suppose, from from other um, markets within the tourism world. I, I would consider what we do adventure travel, yeah, because. Well, you know, we're traveling in an, in an alternative way. We're not using any motorized transport or anything. Uh, and it does require people to be kind of willing, I suppose, to get a little bit cold <laughs> and a little bit wet from time to time, although we try and avoid it and we do everything that we can to, to make sure people do stay warm mm-hmm. and dry. You know, there is always that risk, of course. Um, and we do take people into places where there's, you know, maybe not running water facilities and, and, um, and flushing toilets and things like that. So from that point of view, you know, it is, it is an adventure experience. Um, and people, like I say, have to be kind of willing to accept the fact that they're going to go a little bit off the beaten track. <laughs> not for too long. Um, and like I say, in relative comfort. Um, but it's certainly not right. uh, a five-star hotel experience where you're, you're sitting around um, or, or have access to maybe phone coverage, cell phone coverage and mm-hmm. things like that. 
or Wi-Fi all the time. We want to get people out into the world a little bit so that you can actually maybe see the stars without any light pollution at night or, you know, hear nothing but the but bird song and, and no passing cars or anything like that. So, yeah, for sure, we, we do term it as adventure and we're, we're, uh, we're looking to expand that adventure all the time and take people into wilder and wilder places. And if they're up for it, we take them. <laughs> now, I know that um, Ireland travel has changed a lot since my first trip there in 2002. And it does seem like there are more active adventures in Ireland now than there ever were before. Is, is that the case or is it that as my children have gotten older, I'm just finally seeing it? No, definitely. Yeah, you're 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 right in that uh, we have the, the the market has changed here massively in the past decade and maybe a little bit more. Um, and we have started to focus a lot about what what Irish tourism. What I heard at a conference a few years ago, the the 9 a.m. to the 9 p.m. It's the stuff that we do during the day and and the things to do on holidays. And we spent an awful lot of time in Ireland focusing on driving people between castles and from the cliffs of Moher to to Bunratty and things like that. And they just look at something and then they'd stay in a nice hotel and we're lucky I suppose that we have the hotel infrastructure and, and the, the bars and the restaurants and things now and really the past 10 years has been about focusing on, on making sure people have something to do during the day other than to maybe just look at things like the cliffs and over or enjoy the, the, the lakes and waterways around the place but to actually be able to get onto them and you know maybe work up a little bit of a sweat and, and get off the beaten track slightly um, because there's a lot of people out there who don't want to really sit on a sit on a road all day right. driving around the place um, for, their, for their holiday. They want to get somewhere, park up and, and actually enjoy the, the, the scenery that they're in and be part of the scenery and become part of the story of the landscape as opposed to just, uh, like I say, just, just looking at it um, from afar. So that's something that we're trying to capitalise on and we know that you know the North American market and the, there's a lot of people in the States who are looking to come to Ireland and, and see the classic things of the Cliffs of Moher and mm-hmm. the Guinness Brewery and the Rocket Castle and things like that. But we're trying to take people slightly off the beaten track and explore a different part of Ireland. And it doesn't have to be your entire holiday, um, but for maybe a couple of days you can come and explore something that you know, still has lots of the, the 40 shades of green and lots of mythology and castles, um, but you get to see it at a leisurely place and get to switch mm-hmm. off a little bit more uh, while you're here and enjoy the country in a, from a slightly different aspect. So now your, your family kayaking tour uh, leaves out of Killaloe. Mm-hmm. But let's say somebody is is wanting to spend a couple of days in that area because I know that that we've you know we've been through the area a couple of times but haven't really spent a lot of time exploring there. So what other things are there to do in that area? I know it's super cute. <laughs> yeah, driving it's, through um, it's quite it's quite quaint I suppose in that it's it's still a small village and it's it's reasonably untouched and it has lots of tourist potential and that's something we're trying to develop. Um, like in Killaloo itself, um, there's myself and there's another chap who has a, a, a small water sports business who, who offers stand-up paddleboarding, so mm-hmm. that's something people can do. Um, it's a little bit wetter than, than the kayaking <laughs> trips, but it's still good fun. Um, and then there's also a, a local tour boat, which is, is more leisurely again than what we offer because you, you don't get wet at all and they actually serve drinks on board, so you can go <laughs> and explore the lake and get a, a, a narrated tour um, on that, which is, which is quite comfortable. Um, and then within Killaloo, there's a historic trail that you can walk. You can self-guide yourself around mm-hmm. that and explore the town and some of the, the history, which dates way back to, you know, a couple of thousand years, really, in Killaloo's original church, which is which is uh, reconstructed in the town. It's, it's uh, 1,500 years old, and there's Brian Brew's fort. Brian Brew was the mm-hmm. last High King of Ireland. His, an old fort of his, which is, is still in place outside, the, just on the edge of the town. And there's lots of kind of self-guided walking and 
things that you can do to explore the immediate vicinity of Killaloo. And then if, if you want to go a little bit further afield, you can you can drive around the lake, which is quite scenic, uh, and stop off in places like uh, there's a lovely wooden mill with handcrafted mm-hmm. wool craft along the, the shores of the lake, and there's a, a chocolate factory, and we have a, a, pl- a place called Holy Island, which is an extremely significant historic site, um, and actually the Bishop the bishop of County Clare is inviting Pope Francis over in 2018 to uh, hopefully come and visit, but oh. I don't know if that will ever happen, but it is quite a historic and, and significant religious site. Um, Holy Island, and that's quite spectacular as well to, to go and visit. There's a local historian there, Jerem Madden, who offers tours, and he's uh, he's the local guru in terms of, of history in that part of the lake. Um, and there's lots of other little sites. There's, mm-hmm. there's again, there's a, an entire trail around Loch Derg of, of heritage sites, and you can access apps for that, and again, self-guide yourself to, to go and explore uh, and day trip. And then we're not too far from um, the motorway, so, you know, we link into Shannon Airport, Dublin Airport, mm-hmm. and Obviously, the connecting cities of, of Dublin and Galway and places like that, we're not too far from any of those either, so you can lose a nice place to base yourself and have nice, quiet evenings if you're not into city life, but you can still dip in and out of some of the, the bigger tourist attractions and tourist cities, um, maybe for day trips, right. without having to do uh, overnight in them. Right, yeah, I was I was uh, thinking that you would be a nice base, Killaloo would be a nice base for, you know, Bunbratty or Limerick, even the Rock of Cashel, you could get to it, it quite easily from there. Absolutely, yeah. They're all probably under, under 90 minutes driving to any of those attractions that you mentioned. So, you know, it's not really that far if you wanted to just day trip to those spots. And, and you know, if you're self-driving on your holiday mm-hmm. uh, with the motorway network now, you can really get around around this corner of Ireland quite easily um, without too much trouble navigating, hopefully. Yeah, well, you know, you, you get used to it relatively quickly. It's not as hard as people think. But, you know, it, it just takes a little bit of a mindset and then you're on your way. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've talked quite a bit about um, the kayaking and the adventure travel, which I think is incredible. It, it opens up so much more of Ireland for people to actually experience and not just, you know, drive and see and and go again. And I think that is is probably one of the my favorite things um, in the last few years is just, you know, being able to experience, experience it more, I guess. Yeah. And so I've, I've been, you know, very fond of that. And I know that you are a very active guy. You just came back from a pretty great trip, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I kind of try and practice what I preach in terms of adventures. So I, uh, I do a range of different things, and I've, I've done a number of kayaking expeditions over the years, and I've recently started doing some international trekking expeditions as well. So I've been to uh, Kilimanjaro in September, and only last week I came back from Everest Base Camp as well, leaving a trip out there. So wow. I had a, a group of Irish clients. So I love to be able to, be able to go and explore other places in, in a similar fashion to how I encourage people to explore Ireland, I suppose, which is which is slowly and integrating with the, the local culture and um, natural environment as, as best as possible. Um, and it's also great to work with other other guides from different countries, like mm-hmm. the Nepalese Sherpas, to see how they um, how they operate and how they work. So I'm constantly trying to learn and upgrade my own skills as a, as a guide to be able to uh, offer the best possible experience here, while, like I say, having uh, nice trips away and exploring different parts mm-hmm. of the world and seeing some of the some incredible scenery. So now I'm going to uh, give you the question that I, I give all of my guests, which are, besides your area, what are three places in Ireland that you really think 
um, visitors shouldn't miss? Ooh, I know it's run. a tough one. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the, first, the first one is easy because although Killaloo is my, my current hometown, it's not my town of birth. So my uh, my original hometown is a, is a place called Cold down in Cork, which a lot of people would have heard of because it was the last stop of the, the Titanic. Um, so that's definitely somewhere that I would put on, on a list, anybody's list, to, if they're coming to Ireland. Go and, go and see Cork Harbour and see Cove um, and uh, experience all that has to offer. And it has an awful lot to offer. It's another place you could comfortably base yourself for a few days mm-hmm. um, and enjoy it. Um, outside of that, I think I think up west, I think going to places like Clifton, Connemara, um, probably some of the best scenery in the country. Uh, it is it is a tourist hotspot in the summertime, mm-hmm. but it's probably not as busy as some of the other places. And it is still has some real proper old Irish villages uh, that you can go and experience and, mm-hmm. and kind of enjoy really old culture and, and maybe even actually not have any phone coverage and things like that. <laughs> it's, um, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful place to adventure to. There's lots of really nice walking and, and kayaking to be done up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a friend of mine runs a company very similar to mine up in a village called Roundstone, which is a beautiful mm-hmm. part of the world uh, with some incredible beaches, probably some of the best, right best on golden sand beaches you'll see Galway anywhere Bay? in the world. Um, in Roundstone, kind of? so it's, it's in Connemara. Okay. Um, out past places like Spittle, mm-hmm. um, all beautiful little towns and villages okay. and well worth exploring. Okay. Um, and for a third one, oh, and I'm trying to stay away from the, <laughs> the kind of the classic hit list. Um, a third place, Donegal is beautiful too, I suppose. Um, Donegal and Kerry, both opposite ends of the country, the northwest and the, the southwest of the country, both pretty spectacular. But Donegal this year, if you're willing to drive a little bit and you get mm-hmm. used to the narrow roads, then a, a drive up along the coast in Donegal to places like Sleeve League, the highest sea cliffs in Europe, and mm-hmm. again, some really quaint little towns and villages and fishing fishing ports to, to go and explore and some of the best cliff views and uh, and beaches, again, anywhere in the world, I would say, um, and all parts of the, the wild Atlantic Way, which I'm sure people on, on, on your side of the Atlantic are hearing about regularly when they hear about Ireland now, the wild Atlantic Way is been a huge success for, for Irish tourism in the past couple of years and the section in Donegal is, is to my mind one of the one of the best bits of that. Well and and Donegal just has that feeling of remoteness and you know you're you're not going to run into a lot of tourists. I know that for me the further north I go from Connemara, so really Connemara and north, the yeah. fewer Americans I, I meet. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which is um, kind of Donegal nice. Donegal is kind of like our Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Um, it kind of sticks up into the middle of the Atlantic, and it's just rugged and wild and remote. Um, and there's a special breed of people who live up there. They're very nice, friendly people. They can be pretty hard to understand, even for fluent <laughs> English speakers. They're pretty hard to understand. So I think that's part of the charm of the place. It almost feels like going to a different country even mm-hmm. for Irish people. Um, and it is. It's, it's spectacular up there. Um, and it's got lots and lots to offer, but it's, it's still relatively unexplored mm-hmm. as well compared to other corners of the country. That's definitely true. Well, Mike, I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time in the middle of your day to talk to me. It's really, really been a pleasure, and I have great memories of, of our kayaking trip with you, and I know how well you do with families, so I wholeheartedly can recommend you to other families who are visiting Ireland. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the easiest way for them to do that? Um, they can check out our website, which is www.mynextadventure.ie, and on that they'll find all the contact details, phone numbers, emails, um, 
if they're trying to contact from the States, emails are probably best because mm-hmm. of the time differences. So if they wanted to drop an initial email and, and talk about dates or make, trying to make arrangements for, for any types of trips, um, I'll get back to them as, as quick as possible. And then closer to the time, we can maybe arrange a, a phone call. And again, numbers are up on the on the website. Um, so they can they can get me there. And on social media as well, people can check us out. Mm-hmm. on the Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Uh, and we're on Twitter as well. So we'll interact with people on any of those two if they, if they want to get in touch. Um, either messaging us or, or uh, they can check out some of what we have to offer on there as well, some of our pictures and videos. Perfect. And I will include all of your contact information in the show notes. So um, anybody who's interested in contacting Mike can just go to the show notes. Near the bottom of the page, we'll have links out to everything. And, Mike, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It was such a pleasure. My pleasure. 